Can I just have one nice evening, please, before the world explodes? Welcome to episode number 21 of Central Intelligence Cinema. Today, we've got an Intel report talking about all things Bond and No Time to Die. A pre-release special, if you will. Let's get into it, shall we? Take it away, Pierce. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. Welcome to the CIC, initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Sol. Bond. James Bond. Ethan Hunt. Felix Leiter. Ilya Kuryakin. Identity confirmed. Now, pay attention, 007. Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Sean, what do you think you're doing? The British and Do you expect me to talk? Yeah, baby! Recorded from an undisclosed cobblestone road coated in Coca-Cola for traction? It's a Central Intelligence Cinema Podcast. I'm Jason Greenberg, and with me, as always, is Ben Esslinger. Thank you, Jason, and welcome back to the CIC. Feels good to be back in the chair, sitting not virtually opposite my my good old chum here. The same indisclosed, undisclosed location, Indeed. not different ones. <laughs> That's right. But uh, welcome back to the CIC. We have got our uh, No Time to Die pre-release Intel report. Because I heard that movie's coming out. At least that's the rumor. Theoretically. Allegedly. They still have a couple of weeks to change their mind. <laughs> they really do. They could really piss off all their sponsors one, one more time if they really wanted to. I feel like it's not going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to happen the last time it happened, so what the hell do I know? Yeah. Well... Well, should we get into the meat and potatoes of this? Let's do it. All right. Looking for a news story? Impress me. Transmitting CIC Intel dossier. They'll print anything these days. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about all the latest uh, No Time to Die fanfare. Uh, We got two new trailers. We got ads. We got, and we're just going to talk about what we think is about to hit our friggin' eyeballs. Um... But uh, actually, before before I say anything about the new movie, I will quick shout out a couple birthdays, a couple Bond birthdays. Uh, as we are recording this, today is Hans Zimmer's birthday. I <laughs> oh, hope he's Hans. having a really warm time for his birthday. <laughs> and also, uh, if uh, the great, the late, great Desmond Llewellyn was, was uh, with us today, he would have been 107 years old. Yes, it's still telling 007, bring it back in one piece, please. Oh, pipe down 007. Now pay attention, 007. (laughs) So uh, happy birthday to those fine fellows, wherever they may be in the uh, universe. Uh, But yeah, so uh, as far as all the new Bond stuff, man, we have, since we last chatted, there's been a whole, everything has exploded. Mm -hmm. All things Bond have exploded. Yes, indeed. Uh, We've got new ads. We've got the new, uh, the DHL ad, the commercial came back finally. I'm so happy it's back because it's so good. I don't know if you got a chance to check it out yet. It's, it's, uh, It's just so fantastic because they use, nobody does it better in it. And it's just so well orchestrated. It's really funny to me. Well, it makes a lot of sense that they yanked it as soon as the movie was delayed because it's a high-end commercial. 
It's really well done. Um, well, and it probably constituted like 95% of DHL's advertising budget for the year. Right. <laughs> Completely. I mean, it is so good. It is such a good ad. It was, for sure, it's my favorite. I mean, it's right up there with the um, the Heineken commercial was pretty fun, too, where uh, Daniel Craig is running and and the old guy is like, eh, it's James Bond. And then he like runs out of breath. And then he's like, oh, not James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's pretty good too. But uh, man, and then we've just gotten bludgeoned with ads from Omega, um, with ads from Aston Martin has just gone full throttle on the commercials. There's just been, I've seen at least five unique commercials that are tie-ins to No Time to Die. Wow. Like just, it's ridiculous. Um, I also found it really funny that in the Aston Martin, one of the Aston Martin commercials, they do this montage of Bonds driving the car or Bond, you know, somehow relating to Aston Martin. And there's a clip of Roger Moore in there. And it's like, Roger Moore never drove an Aston Martin once. Lotus. Yeah. And Lagonda, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I thought that was kind of humorous that they... They dropped a little. Well, they they felt obligated. I, I suppose you can't leave Roger out. Yeah, he's the he's the re- record reigning champion. Exactly. Of Bond films. Exactly. You gotta you gotta sneak one in, even though he had nothing to do with <laughs> Aston Martin. <laughs> um, they also, if, if you haven't seen it, there's a Playmobil. How is that pronounced? Playmobil. Playmobil. Yep. Yeah. So Playmobil has got a Goldfinger set now with with the uh, DB5 and Bond. Although Bond looks like Dimitri Martin. Yeah, the hair, <laughs> like that it's, bowl cut is so bad. Like they they had to go with the standard Playmobil hair piece. Yeah. You know, and you're like, it's Sean Connery. He he actually you could switch hair pieces if you need to. <laughs> yeah. So I I have been really resistant to buying that one just because the hair is so bad. But at the same time, the car the, is badass. The car is badass. Like it has an, a functioning ejector seat. Like for a dorky ass collector like me, like it's kind of and a kinda, bargain at eighty dollars compared to the Enterprise one that they released the <laughs> same month at four hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I suppose by comparison, it is a deal. I mean, I would at this point, I'm like, I think I'd rather have that than the Enterprise, and that breaks my heart. Oh, but uh, you know what you could do if you really want to get this, go on eBay and look and see if they have alternate Playmobil hair pieces <laughs> and see if you can find see? one for like three bucks to replace. On yeah, the hair. If you can switch them out. Yeah, they come right off like Lego hair. OK, yeah, because I'm not familiar at all with Playmobil until this came out. Like I didn't even know they really existed as a toy company. And, oh, so, yeah. and so if I can get something that closer at least kind of closer <laughs> i mean it's ridiculous how bad it is i mean i know that i have a i have a back to the future one that comes with marty mm-hmm. and doc and it's got doc brown hair okay and marty's hair looks like marty's hair right you know it's kind of like swoop back 80s kind of style hair maybe there's some like budget cuts going on at playmobile <laughs> i feel like, yeah somebody was like this is super limited edition <laughs> so we're just gonna go ahead and do this and save that extra two and a half cents per box, make right. a little more profit. They probably just have like just a whole box of extra hair pieces that was just yeah. been lying around. They're like, we'll just use those. That's the right color. It's fine. They spent all the R&D budget on Odd Jobs hat because it can actually <laughs> yeah. cut through things you find out. It's the first time you take it off and you slice your finger with it. This is a child's toy? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> um yeah, I mean the the sponsors just don't quit. I mean Heineken, 
the clothing and peel. Michael Kors has a purse, a, a, a number of purses like Money Penny, and and there's a, a a couple different bags. Like I went on the 007 website, and there's like different models of of you know personal bags and stuff. Globetrotter luggage, um, even the fucking yacht that you see Bond on in No Time to Die. There is a tie-in. Even with that, the spirit, right. the spirit uh, yacht company or something mm-hmm. like that. This is like way beyond my knowledge of things because I am not. You're not a yachter. Well, You're I'm not, not even, capable of being a yachter. I don't have can, the financial backing to be a yachter. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I own a yacht. <laughs> right. Nor do I own a yacht. But uh, yeah. So it's just oh man. Well, and I think you know what you're seeing here. This is a true money maker for Eon. Yeah. Is the licensing because they own, I think, all the licensing. MGM doesn't get diddly squat out of that. Right. So this is why literally James Bond has been a product placement movie since day one, I think. Yeah. You know, and I, I never you don't see it as much in the Sean Connery ones, but in the especially in the later Roger Moore ones. Yeah. Everybody gets an Omega watch shot. Everybody gets a beer. Everybody gets a car. Oh yeah. People pay to the be a The big seven movies. up ad. I think about the big seven up ad in in a I can't remember which Roger one it is, but there's a big ass seven up billboard that mm-hmm. that Jaws crashes through or something. I can't mm-hmm. even remember anymore. But so yeah. so you know this is not that surprising. And I know that you had talked about one of the earlier Intel reports, way 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 back, mm-hmm. was how it was going to affect Eon. Um, you know, yeah. with having to pull all the ads because the movies got pulled. What were the contracts were going to be like? They gonna are there going to be guys in, you know? Big Ted and and Squirrely Lou coming to the door said, "Hey, you know, <laughs> we're looking for some of that payback on the ad revenue that we didn't get." Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it is funny you mentioned that because there's been I am not going to name names. Oh dear, because I don't like to. Because uh, I I I like the Bond community, and sometimes prominent people in the Bond community will say things, and then just the fan base will react in a bad way to such things. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the negative, there was something that went out into the ether, into the Twitter sphere specifically. Oh dear. That's even worse. <laughs> that was talking about how there may still be, it, 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 it was all sort of surrounding this article that was in Variety that said that, um, that said that No Time to Die could still be postponed even now. And Bond fans on Twitter lost their fucking minds. Like they could not handle the idea. And so there was just this revolt mm-hmm. and it's like, listen, man, don't shoot the messenger. It's just, that's just the way it is. But I actually did respond to it. And my thought was, if you don't release this now, you could have lawsuits on your, on your, mm-hmm. on your hands. You're just, you know, like after three, three different marketing campaigns for this movie, do you think anybody's going to give a shit if you pause it again? No. Like, it's kind of this is the point of no return. There's no way this thing is going to get delayed again. I, no. I am one at this point. I am 100 percent sure that this thing is going to be on the th- in the theaters by October 8th in the United States. Like yeah. it will be there. Oh yeah, and you know we talked about this last week. I think uh, the the coals are hot to strike right now. Yeah, they pulled all their competition out. Right, there's literally nothing but some little science fiction movie at the end of October that. <laughs> Maybe two people, one at this table, is going to go see. Oh, it's both people. Okay, at this both table people are going to go, go see, see together. So that'll be the entire audience. I saw for the trailer; it. it looks bad. Yeah, I know. Well, we should just do like an intel report for Dune. I can justify <laughs> it being a spy movie. Trust me. But anyway, 
there is literally no competition for this movie because the other big movie coming in October has nothing to do with this genre. Right. Right. So you the people lost are going, the people going to see Venom are not the same people that are going to go or, well, or a, Dune or well, Dune. There's going to be a share that are, but. Venom is a superhero movie, Dune is a science fiction movie, and James Bond is a spy movie, and a James Bond movie. And a James Bond right. movie at that. And your biggest competitor got booted to the following year, right? which is a godsend to you. It really is. Because I with mean, nothing else releasing, you could just leave that movie in the theaters, and it will continue to get... People are going to get... After they went to see Dune, I want to go see a movie. I guess a James Bond one might be okay. Exactly. So exactly. if it they is so- don't, and they start... Next year, they're hosed. They, they will never hosts. make any money because next year it's going to be a full slate of movies. Right. And and people are going to be dying to get back in to go see them. So Bond's going to be white noise. Yeah, the pipeline is clogged next year. Right. I mean, especially with MI7 moving to next year. Right. Which I actually just heard that like literally like two days ago, um, they just finished shooting on MI7. Mm-hmm. Like it's taken that long. That's well, because they've had time to. They probably adjusted their schedules. And once they knew that they were pushing it, they probably took their time a little bit more, and yeah, absolutely. That sort of and thing. that's hopefully, hopefully, all at the behest of the creators and not the studio. Indeed, because you know what happens when the studio gets involved in reshoots. But <sighs> yeah, don't. I don't. I feel like I don't feel like that's the case. I don't think so either. Tom Cruise has so much control, right? Well, and Macquarie seems to be firmly in control of the reins on the movie. Yeah. So yeah. I, basically, I'm thinking they just extended because everybody wanted to hang out with Haley Atwell a little longer. Well, who, who could doesn't? blame them? Who could blame them? Um, but <laughs> as long as the end result doesn't turn out to be utter shit, yeah, uh, I'm fine with them delaying it. I'm actually happier they're delaying it. It could be an all Tom Cruise summer next year. Yeah, and it'll be like 1985 all That's over right. again. We'll all be wearing jeans with no shirt on and I'll playing my, volleyball. You playing volleyball? I'll, you know, I'll have my my bright pink Ray Bans on. That's and right. My hair gel going and my popped collar. <laughs> I am ready to go. Ready to go. But yeah, like you said, I mean, it's you're so right on the money. I mean, now the 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 path has been cleared for Bond to make all the money that they possibly can. Yeah. Um, which sort of brings me to uh, the trailers that were dropped. We got two trailers in the same day. It was a really strange morning too, because first the U.S. trailer drops, and then about a half an hour later they pulled it. They rescinded it. And I'm like, wait, because I I just, you know, like I was on the CIC Twitter, like, here it is. Check it out. And then suddenly it's gone. And I'm like, well, (laughs) shit. (laughs) But then but then about uh, maybe like an hour later, maybe not even that long. Suddenly, then they released the international trailer. And then suddenly they read they remade available the U.S. trailer. So it was a really weird morning. And they did the exact same thing about a week later with a US TV ad that was like that was like a 30 second ad mm-hmm. where they dropped it, then they pulled it, and then they put it back in again. And I have no idea what is going on at at <laughs> Eon's That is so weird. Social media or or publicity. I have no idea what the hell's going on over there, but that's happened twice now. It's really strange. But uh, I guess we'll just get into the, you know, sort of the impressions on the uh, on the U.S. trailer first. All right. Mine was very like, howdy, partners. Remember James Bond? Here's a quick recap and tease about what's about to happen. Who knows how Bond is going to get out of this pickle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it literally felt like that. It was like a TV. It was like they were reminding U.S. audiences who James Bond is, what he's done, 
where things are at. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, it was like one of those previously on James Bond. Yeah, exactly. Right? It was really, it was really surprising that they, you know, and it was, it was so like that that they literally had to put a bug, a No Time to Die bug, on the screen while you were seeing images of Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace and all these other movies that are not No Time to Die, right? So that you knew that you were watching a No Time to Die trailer. <laughs> Like it was very different. I'm. I mean, now, now I have a theory about all this. Uh, actually, before I even get into that, I think it's hilarious that the only shot that we see from Quantum of Solace isn't actually in Quantum of Solace. Really, it's the shot. There's that scene where it's the one shot, and he's walking up towards the horizon, and he's in a suit, and he's got like a semi-automatic weapon. Mm-hmm. It's a total badass shot, but it's only. That is from the trailer for Quantum of Solace. That shot does not appear in so it's, the it movie. Was cut. It was cut from the movie. That was simply this very iconic shot that they were apparently going to use in Quantum of Solace, but never did. But they used it for the trailer. <laughs> so that's all we see of Quantum. There's a lot of Quantum Erasure going on in Eon. I, I, they, they, quantum Erasure. Isn't that like a late 80s, like sort of techno pop oh yeah i was way into them they they were huge in europe they absolutely (laughs) were um plot wise we did learn some stuff oh p.s and by the way this is when we get into like stuff if if you're sensitive to spoiler things too bad this too bad this might be the time that you wanted to you know if you're trying to like put on the shutters this might be the time there's a little button that's next to the play button that looks like a little circle with an arrow that says 15 just keep doinking just keep, on just that keep hitting until that you all hear the somebody way. go and until you hear and with that hear. i'm ben yeah cuz it's going to be <laughs> all the way to the end yeah. so you know just do that yeah so cuz we're going to get into the thick of it here <laughs> so so we get some plot things that i that definitely stood out to me like the first thing was the people become the weapon like that line was like oh okay mm-hmm. i see what they're i see what they're up you know the people aren't the target they're the weapon also the line from safin where he says life is all about leaving something behind isn't it and that really plays on that theory that bond has a child in this movie hmm. that like there's a potential that bond you know knocked up miss swan <laughs> wait a second james bond jr Oh, <laughs> I saw that TV I, show. I don't think I do want to I, see that again. Do I detect a cartoon reboot? Oh my God. I hope not. <laughs> um, and then the other uh, one little thing that I, that I took note of was I thought it was kind of cool. The, um, the underwater shot of the glider. I know that it, you know, it's heightened reality. It's not real or whatever. I just thought it was kind of a cool shot. I'm kind of excited to see it. To see this glider thing go underwater. and, and All I'm going to say is if they don't call that damn thing Little Nelly in the movie, I'm walking out of the theater. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So those that's that's kind of... What, what did you think about the U.S. trailer? I mean, you know, very much what you thought. It, it felt very much like a U.S. trailer. You know, yeah. you know all flash, no substance. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that, the, yeah, it was like a reintroduction. Hey, this is a thing you forgot since this whole pandemic thing happened. Mm-hmm. And um, come back and see it because remember when we showed it to you last time and it was cool. And remember the time before that we showed it to you and it was cool. And remember the time before that when you were watching? It's like <laughs> I wonder if that movie's going to be cool. It's all still cool. You should it's come all back. still cool. You should totally just come, come back, back and, and watch it. Just come back and watch it. Um, 
I actually preferred the international trailer, and oh, I usually I do in most cases because it's like they feel like outside of America, people have a higher intellect, mm-hmm. and so they can lay down a little bit more exposition and character development inside them because they're not just, you know, all them Americans. I'm sorry, wrong voice. Oh, there's Americans out there. Oh, they have simply <laughs> won't just bang, bang, shoot them up, kick, kick, stab, stab. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Europe, they're like, oh, yeah, it's very cultured. Oh, Bond seems to be going through a bit of a change, doesn't it? <laughs> you know? And so I always like them more because you, I, I feel like you get more of the tone of the movie. Yes. Whereas with the U.S. version, you get the flavor of the movie. Right. Right. So great. I like the flavor, but, mm-hmm. you know, I want to know, I want the subtle notes of paprika and, you know, a little bit of, I don't know, uh, saffron yes. or saffron as a case, maybe. <laughs> and, you know, because I know what the movie is. Mm-hmm. And that's what the US trailer tells you. It is this. I want to know what the movie's about. And the international trailer gives you a little bit more of kind of like, kind of about this it's kind of about that it's mm-hmm. about old guy coming back from retirement but it's you know it's not roger from lethal weapon and <laughs> you know if although if bond to say i'm getting too old for this shit i'm gonna be so happy that would be amazing especially if it was like to somebody who looked like mel gibson but wasn't mel gibson but anyway i digress <laughs> um i think like i said i think the international trailer is the better of the two i think yeah. together though that you get a lot of what this movie is gonna I was going to say the same thing because one of the things, like, I will say the combination of the two was what got me excited. Yeah. Because one of the biggest things once I watched both of them was, holy cow, Safin is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the, that was one of my biggest takeaways was I felt like he could be the great villain that we've been sort of yearning for since, since Skyfall. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Because, I mean, let's be real here. All right, well, we're, we, we differ on this, but I did not like Christoph Waltz's, his take on Blofeld was not my favorite. Whereas I feel like Safin is very genuinely disturbing, mm-hmm. genuinely frightening. There's just something about that performance and what I saw in those two trailers combined that like, and, the, and you know, I, I just started thinking about, and we're going to get into this. Uh, in just a little bit, but like I listened to the uh, the two podcast episodes that are available for the official James of Bond podcast, and Rami Malek is is interviewed in one of them, and he's just such a fucking weirdo. Yeah, and there's nothing better than having a weirdo fucking actor um, playing a villain because you know that they're going to be disturbing just because them as people right. are weird. A little and on the odd side. That's It's exactly why uh, Christopher Walken is so good in View to a Kill. Or Javier Bardem in Skyfall. Exactly, because they're kind, they're, all those people as actors, they're kind of fucking weird anyway. Yeah, And so bit. that makes them more interesting as villains. Well, you know, so if you look at it from that standpoint, it looks like Safin char- Safin's character is the direct opposite of Silva. Silva very hedo and flamboyant and oh, right. Mr. Bond. And you've got Safin is very calm and collected and this, that, and the other. And Christoph Waltz, being Blofeld, tried to be both. And it just didn't it work. Didn't he needed work. to pick a side. Right, exactly. Because Blofeld, I mean, we've seen a bullion Blofelds. Yes. And we've seen very chilled out Blair Phelps. Right. Right. But you can't, that character can't be, I don't think any Bond villain can be that nuanced, unfortunately. Yeah. I think the best that you could get was what Javier Bardiem did. Yes. Because he, he would rein in the crazy a little. Yeah. And make him truly terrifying. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the character was just crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, and so 
I'm looking forward to having that chilled out Bond villain. Yeah. Well, and another thing that's so great, and and I guess I, I had already recognized this even in the previous trailers, but this really, with these two trailers, it really sort of nailed it home for me that like, this is the first time finally in his last movie as Bond that Daniel Craig's Bond gets to save the entire world. This is the first time that we've got a villain who is clearly looking to create massive damage to the entire world population. Mm -hmm. Like, and so that's exciting to me. It's exciting that this is a world saving bond movie. Right. It's like, we haven't had one of those in forever. It's been so long. It's true. So, and, and with Fukunaga at the, at the helm, I just, I'm very excited now. Like it, this left me very, a lot more optimistic. And I have one other observation which I found very interesting about, about the two trailers. Both of them have the same thing going on with them. They're both very James Bond-centric. Now, if you remember, all the trailers that came last year, they were really big about like showing off Nomi and, and showing Ana de Armas. And, and, you know, but we don't get a lot of women uh, talking or even mm. image-wise in these, in these last two trailers. And I feel like this is one of those, we need to cash in on this fucking movie because we're in the hole. We have to make over 900 million just to come even on this thing. We need to appeal to our base. Mm -hmm. So we're going to make both of these trailers extremely James Bond centric. Like we've already heard a little backlash, like people not really crazy about the whole Nomi thing. Mm -hmm. So let's just kind of ignore that. Yeah, for a little. Nobody will remember. It's been a year and a yeah, half. Yeah, let's just kind of push that under the rug for Pay a little no bit. Pay no mind to that woman Pay behind no mind. the curtain. Pay no mind to this totally kick-ass woman over here. That's a new double O. Like, let's just focus on James Bond because you love James Bond, right? You love James Bond. He's the greatest. So I just found it very interesting that that they did that. That they made it so male centric, so James Bond centric. You know, really trying to like. Okay, we gotta somehow make our money in this fucking pandemic. Let's, let's see what we can do. Let's stick to what we know, fellas. That's right. <laughs> so uh yeah. But that's about I don't know, unless you have any other final thoughts about the trailers. I don't. I'm just tired of trailers and want to see the damn movie. Yeah, me too. Me too. Cause and there's new ugh, there are there is new shit coming out about this movie every single day mm -hmm. like that I haven't even brought up in this podcast and I'm not going to because it's just it's just overkill but there's I mean if you want to find out every last thing about this movie at this point you probably can like there's a lot out there now mm -hmm. um but to get back to the official things that have been dropped too so as I mentioned before the official 007 podcast um has re-resumed and they've dropped the first two episodes it's very much just like, you know, fan pleasing. Sure. You know, it's just like sound bites from the actors and, and that sort of thing. You don't really glean too much new from it. There's right. a couple little things, um, but honestly, it, it it's those things are sort of evading my memory right now. <laughs> Obviously, they weren't too too yeah. important because they you know they didn't make my notes or anything. I don't know. It just felt kind of like fan service a little bit. The the podcast. Well, I mean that podcast is probably there just to keep interest in Bond and to rile up the community when they want them riled up. So right. you know, it's more or less a 
propaganda. <laughs> right. <laughs> for and the they've company. and they've and they've appropriately uh scheduled them out now so that you will get every last episode, you know, and you'll get the final episode on the final week right right before it releases and yada yada yada. Now, what I will say um was not fan service and it could have very easily have been fan service is the being James Bond, the Daniel Craig story uh pseudo documentary type mm-hmm. thing that was about 45 minutes that also dropped on Apple TV for free. I loved it. Yeah, it was pretty great. I thought it was really well done, surprisingly well done, actually. Um, if I'm if I, if I'm really being picky, I would have loved to have seen. Not that I love looking at talking heads when I'm watching a documentary, but it would have been nice to at least see Daniel Craig on screen saying the words that he's saying. Yeah, that was kind of odd that neither he nor Broccoli nor yeah, just straight uh, VO Wilson through the were, whole thing. Yeah, sort of strange. Almost like they're all like, well, we all just want people to see younger versions of ourselves, so let's right. just show the video. Yeah, so it was all just VO. You never saw them actually on camera speaking. But that being said, man, it was it was edited well. The things that they pulled together, and it really shows just how much Daniel Craig has brought to this legacy. It totally does. I mean, he just, I mean, he went through the shit with, with when he was initially cast and like all these like crusty old fuckers like you know <laughs> these crusty old fuckers that are like oh he's blonde he can't be bond it's like come on get over your damn self yeah, Jesus. Blonde, bond, blonde bond blonde bond yeah i was just like really that's that's your sticking point that's yeah. your yeah <laughs> i was just like whatever dude but you know I, I i'll i'll sort of spill the beans right now I, I know we're about ready to talk about specters here soon but I feel like one of the reasons why Spectre was such a disappointment to me was was that the other movies that Daniel Craig has done are so above, they're such high watermarks compared to the entire franchise, compared to all the other movies that have that have been released. This is just me. I mean, I you know, you can disagree with me. I understand that. I'm plenty of people are going to disagree with me, but I just feel like Craig's Bond movies, not just necessarily because it's Daniel Craig, but just because of who is involved in making the movies. Mm -hmm. I feel like those movies are a step above almost all of the previous Bond movies that came before it. And so when Spectre hit, Spectre feels like it's back down to like your average Bond movie for me. That's just me. It has all the, and I know we're going to get into this in our actual I'm I'm saving everything for the next podcast. All right. I'm, I'm making notes though. All right. All right. All right. But yeah, I just thought it was I I thought it was such a good so worthwhile. If you can, you know, go watch it before I think it stays up until October seventh or so, something like that. Right up until the the U.S. release, I believe you can watch it for free on Apple TV. Absolutely, and I'll so, tell you what: the best thing you're going to see in that and realize that is that if you think that uh, Tom Cruise is a superhero for an actor, wait do you see what uh, what Daniel Craig did. In four James Bond movies. No shit. And then tell me who the superhero is. No shit. The fact that he was essentially wearing a bionic leg during Spectre. When Tom Cruise gets hurt, production shuts down. When Daniel Craig gets hurt, how do we work through it? Right. He doesn't even stop. He just keeps fucking going. Yeah. So I can still walk on a ledge and have a building blow up in front of me with a broken leg. What can you do, Tom Cruise? Exactly. Exactly. So that's... (laughs) That's something, man. And then just a couple other uh, things. So there was this whole, you know, there was this whole theory that Safin is Dr. No. And 
uh, in there was a recent um, interview with Kerry Fukunaga in SFX magazine where uh, Kerry Fukunaga went on record saying that Safin was not Dr. No, um, quoted as saying, this is a new villain. He's not, as some have speculated, Dr. No. Hopefully he'll be one that is lasting in some way. Now, we have heard this sort of lip service before, so whether or not he's telling the truth, we'll know once we actually see the movie. Well, sure, he's not Dr. No in the movie, but in the end credit scene at the very end of the movie, which will be a first for James Bond, they'll be like, Safin? No. And that'll be the end of it, right? So <laughs> that's my prediction, people. Stay till the end of the movie. See if I'm right. Yeah. So um, final predictions about what we're going to see. My prediction is I think we're going to get one of Daniel Craig's best. And when I say that, I mean... I have a feeling, I mean, this is me being optimistic, I guess, but I have a feeling that No Time to Die is going to be in my top three of Craig's films. I think it's going to be very, almost impossible to unseat Casino Royale for me. But I do think that No Time to Die could be, probably will be better than Spectre for me. And it may very well be better than Quantum for me. Skyfall is another big one that's going to be hard to unseat. But I do have high hopes. Now, that being said, it has some things working against it, at least for me. And that's the whole retconning thing. The whole, oh, we're going to tie all these movies together and make it sound like these were all planned at the same time. And that, you know, we're, we're doing it Avengers style. This is all part of the Marvel slash Bond universe where everything is connected. And this was all planned, right? By the way, that clicking noise you're hearing is my eyes rolling over and over and over again. Now, I know I need to I need to get over that. I need to get over that because I know that, you know, they do that same sort of they did all that shit in like older bonds, too. I mean, you had the moment with uh, several moments, actually, with Roger in Roger Moore movies where they're referencing Tracy. So. I know that I need to get over the whole like retconning. Bullshit. It, it has certainly not been a thing in James Bond movies until Daniel Craig. Right. Right. But I think that's just, it, it is a spinoff of the era that the movies are being made in that people want a little more substance in the character than just yeah. bang, bang, shoot, shoot. We want the international version of the movie, not the U S version of the right. movie. Right. Right. And it could go in a completely different direction. With whoever replaces Bond in the next Bond movies, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever day, day becomes a new Bond. Um, my prediction is, A, we're going to get to see a James Bond movie. <laughs> so I'm going to be 100% correct on that. Yeah. My other prediction is, is you're going to be disappointed because this is going to be even more of a James Bond movie than Spectre was. And you're going to hate it because it's so much more like a James Bond movie and not like the higher end ones that you're so happy with that have exposition and retconning stuff well, tied into them. Well, here's the... Th- I'm just going to save the rest of, of my comments about Spectre for our actual Spectre episode. Shot fire! I, I will I will get I will get more into into why Spectre bothers me so much because it's not just the it's not just an issue of retconning it's a lot of other things so we'll and I'll, get ready for me to pick on him on every single one. Oh, he's so going to pick on me. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Though. There may it not be, be a podcast after this. Podcast. <laughs> no, there absolutely will. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> But uh, any any last thoughts? I th- I, th- nope. I think we've pretty much you know covered everything that 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 uh, that we've seen since the 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 latest Bond explosion, and uh, 
we're we're looking forward to seeing the movie and i'm i'm sure we'll we'll have thoughts once the movie is actually out and uh Please let us know what you think is going to happen in the movie. I mean, we want to hear from you guys about what you think, how No Time to Die is going to shape out. Or, you know, even if you wait until after the movie's out and then tell us what you think. We'd love to get your feedback on on all the No Time to Die news that's fit to print. So, uh, yeah, please let us know at uh, our email, cicdeadrop at gmail.com. Our Instagram is uh, Central Intelligence Cinema, spaced by underscores or our Twitter, which is at CIC SpyPod. And as always, this is the telethon portion of the the, <laughs> the podcast. Yes. If you like what you're listening to, please give us a five-star <laughs> review on the podcast uh, distributor of your choice. Uh, that helps us get seen more by other like-minded people and tells people what they can get into. Uh, we really, you really should give good in-depth reviews to let them know what they are getting into before they get into it so that no one is surprised. <laughs> but um, every time you guys uh, give us a, a good like like that, um, it helps us out and uh, keeps us going. Yeah. So do support, it. Support for this podcast has been brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> and the phones are still ringing. Should we go to the top board? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for this movie. Me too. All right, then. Well, with that, I'm Ben. I'm Jason. And the CIC will return with more missions, more martinis, and more mail.